Hello, and welcome. This is a podcast by me. Those of you familiar with my podcasting vernacular, hello, everybody. Um, I'm Tyson Thompson, and I am sitting on the mountain. Um, Just been communing with the Lord this morning uh, for several hours, um, three hours, I guess. It is 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I've been up since about 3 a.m., and I was directed to come to the mountain this morning. Um, I have been in prayer, fasting, and um, communion with heaven as I have been wrestling with um, when to to say my peace. Um, those of you who haven't heard rumors yet, well, I guess I'm beating the rumor to you and to the punch. And for those of you who have heard rumors, this is my opportunity to um, to give a narrative that's probably different than what you've heard. Um, and I offer this this narrative with peace in my heart, um, with charity in my heart, with love towards God and towards all men. Um, but I offer it um, with His guidance also, and with with the Spirit. Um, so it's been a journey. Um, some of you are familiar with the, his simple truth podcast that I, that I did with, with a friend of mine, Greg Mullins. And, um, that was a tremendous experience. The last three years of my life have been, have been amazing, um, and difficult. Um, anytime that we take, um, upon ourselves to follow the admonition of Paul and Christ um, and to seek higher light and understanding, it is met with, uh, with opposition. Um, every, every law, right, has an opposite and equal reaction. Um, so as I have spent time with the Lord on how to address the things floating around about me. Um, I have a desire in my heart to be as open and transparent as I can, um, with that understanding that there's also things that, um, that I can't say, um, you know, my utterance stopped. I can't share, um, all of the deep spiritual experiences that I've had. Um, I also won't um, do anything to compromise um, the identities of anyone who uh, I've had these experiences with. Um, but I will just say this, that um, that three years ago, I had an experience that is undeniable to me, um, an experience where, um, I'll just put it this way, where I had a cleansing and baptism of fire experience through the spirit. Um, and, uh, as I, as I pled with the Lord for him to show me who I am, um, he said to me, or a voice said to me, um, his voice said to me in my mind, get up and go to work and I will show you. And, um, that's what I've been seeking to do. Um, for three years, I have been trying to work um, in the kingdom in whatever way and capacity I could. 
Um, I know that that wish and prayer of mine uh, included coming into connection with Greg and the podcast and so many other things. And so many people have become into my life because of that. Um, Let me just start sort of the formal portion of this conversation by saying um, that those experiences have brought me uh, a series of paradox um, paradoxes um, where I've come to realize that that just like Isaiah said um, those paradoxes will, will bring us into conflict with what we think we know they bring us into conflict with tradition and culture particularly in this case obviously in the church um and i've had my eyes opened i don't think that i'm any better than anyone else in fact every experience that i've had um others can have as well and uh i would admonish you to go and have those experiences um but as i've had these experiences um and come to know better who i am and um and why i'm here and what my mission is um, it's been met with ridicule, um, from people within the church. Um, and that's okay. Like I understand that opposition in all things is, is important even in the church. Um, I've had libel and rumors spread about me almost since the onset. Um, I've had people tell me I was misguided and, um, and that's okay. I've had people um, lash out at me. Um, I've had family and friends reject me. Um, That's okay. Um, And the reality is, is that I haven't gone around um, sharing openly very many of my experiences at all. In fact, today will be a Reader's Digest version, although it will be, um, it will highlight many of those experiences, at least on the surface. because they are portion part and parcel of the the lies and the rumors that are being spread but let me just say this that after a long time of wrestling with the lord um, and after these rumors were formalized and sent to my leaders in an email um, which i have yet to see from formal channels within the church Um, I've been accused of lots of things, but I have yet to see um, those emails. Um, After long uh, and and arduous wrestling with the Lord, I came to the conclusion that uh, all of this would go one of two ways. Because there were experiences that I cannot deny that are the threads of truth woven in with all of the lies um, in these emails, because there are experiences that I've had that are true and sacred, um, I knew that I would have to sit in front of um, at least three men in the stake presidency and probably more like the whole high council, if it went that way, um, to discuss things with them that were sacred to me and were near and dear to my heart. And because I would refuse to deny them and I would refuse to discontinue associations with people um, that I would ultimately end up excommunicated. And I went to the mountain and I talked to the Lord about that and I saw both of those unfold. And I chose a different route than that um, 
the other alternative was to resign my membership and I did that. Um, I resigned my membership um, and it was after, like I said, a lot of prayer, fasting and consideration and conversation with the Lord. Now I'm not running from the experiences I've had and I'm not, um, I'm not afraid to have continued conversation and cordial and friendly relationships with anyone in the church, especially local leaders. Um, I've already met with my local leadership. I will continue to do so. Um, I consider them friends and, um, and I love them. I am not in any way advocating that anyone take the same direction that I have. But after conversing with the Lord, this was the answer for me because ultimately, uh, what I was being accused of and the experiences that I've had, the truthful portions, um, are in conflict with current accepted doctrine and practice of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And thereby I admit, I am in apostasy. Um, I will explain what that means further if you care to listen. Um, because I, I can also tell you unequivocally that every experience that I've had, every thing that I've done, um, every, every step I've taken towards the Lord is validated not only in scripture, it's validated in the experiences of the early saints to include notably, um, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and many of the who's who of the foundation of this church. And I cannot deny the experiences I've had. Um, I didn't go seeking the mysteries. Uh, I sought the face of the Lord. I sought to hear his voice. I sought to understand my relationship to him. I sought to know who I am better and I sought to know my mission. And the things that are quote unquote, the mysteries came with that experience. Um, it's no secret that we're in a in an upside down world. Um, I also have come to realize that that a lot of the things that I was taught in my early experience in the church had a form of godliness, but they were the philosophies of men mingled with scripture. Now that's not to say that everything I was ever taught in the church was false or or that philosophy of men mingled with scripture, but there was a fair amount that Greg and I actually discussed in the podcast, his Simple Truths podcast, where we extracted quite a bit of that false ideation. And we put together what we felt like were his simple truths. And I'll never deny um, that I know those, those things that we discussed to be true. Um, I'll also never say that I have it all figured out, that I know that this is a journey it is not a destination. We're told in scripture and reminded, you know, I would say unto you, brethren, after you've entered in by the path, is all done? Are you done? Is that it? No, it's not. We have much learning to do. And some of those things, it's interesting to me that some of the things that have been said over and over are that, um, you know, don't seek the mysteries. I've heard that over the pulpit. Um, you know, and yet the biggest 
book of scripture that we have that is an entire mystery is Isaiah. And the Lord commanded us to understand Isaiah. And Isaiah foretold all of this. He foretold the experiences I'm having in my life right now in being ostracized, having false witness born against me regarding what I'm doing and the things that I've experienced. Um, All of that. All of those experiences Isaiah talked about that would happen not only in his day, but in the end time scenario where we are. And the only way, as President Nelson has said, that we will be able to discern um, where truth is, is by standing in our truth um, and by feeling the spirit of the Lord. And then by knowing that our course is acceptable to the Lord. And by hearing his voice, as President Nelson has has told us, um, you have to go to the Lord himself to have peace about my scenario and where I am. Um, I can't give you that peace. Um, no person on this earth can give you that peace. Only the spirit of the Lord and him and hearing his voice can give you that kind of peace. I will unequivocally say that, uh, as has been said by others before me, who've gone down the same road that, that I absolutely know that the Lord is with his prophet and that the authority of the church, um, is still intact. That president Nelson is the prophet who's been called in this day to, to lead the saints through the process of the restoration, um, and through the process of what is coming, um, as far as, um, the tribulations and the things that we know will come prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I will not fight. I told my stake president this, and I've told other leaders this, I will not fight against anyone who is a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I will not fight against the church or its leaders um, or its righteous leaders, I should say. Um, I will stand in truth and in light and in love always. And I just, I have nothing but charity. Uh, as I've sat with leaders and talked to them, I can't stay in a place of vitriol and anger. Um, I receive no, no benefit from staying in the place of, of anger um, I can only have love and charity in my heart. If I hold on to, to anger and vitriol, uh, I go into, I go into depression and anxiety and, um, and I am not, um, I am not able to feel the spirit of the Lord and the love of the Lord. And so I won't go there. I also won't hear or anywhere else publicly attack, um, anyone spreading these rumors, um, at least in specificity. I will battle the, you know, the principalities and powers of darkness that are controlling these minions, um, that are, that are enticing people to, to spread guile and libel and vitriol against me and anyone who's following the Lord. But I won't, I won't pull out specifics and identify any individual person. Um, I, I just need to say that, um, that I'm grateful for, for all the blessings I've received in the church. And as I discuss uh, in more detail here in this podcast and others, 
my journey. Um, I want people to understand that, that I'm not, again, I'm not going to fight the church, uh, or its righteous leaders. Um, I know that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is to, is to bring people to the veil, um, as we see in the temple, um, to, to give them all the ordinances necessary to, to bring them to the understanding they need to get to the veil. Um, so without too much further ado, let me shift gears here and let me, um, go through kind of a summary list of the things that are included in these emails. Um, so, so let me just say that, um, that this list is pretty long. I'm probably not covering everything. And again, I, I don't have the, I don't have the narrative that's being spread. Um, I have portions of it. Um, big chunks of it came out of a private group conversation that a group of us were having. Um, some of the things that are in that email narrative are included in those private conversations and screenshots. Um, those access to those private conversations were, um, were an absolute violation of privacy. Um, I've been told by good authority that um, the dissemination of that information um, f f is really close, if not um, absolutely uh, founded in, uh, in federal offense. Um, and again, I will not pursue legal action against anyone. Um, I don't have the time or energy to get wrapped up in that. I've got, got too many things to do. Um, the Lord showed me my mission and, um, and I don't have the time for that. Um, at a minimum, civil action could be taken um, in a lot of ways um, in, in everyone involved in disseminating that information. Um, and again, I, I won't take any legal action there either. Um, I won't be part of legal action. I won't get wrapped up in it. Um, I've already told the Lord I have no desire to, to fight this um, in that way at all. Um, so the list of of uh, things. So these conversations that we were having in this private group, uh, which should have been considered to be relatively secure um, and um, and also private, um, the things that were discussed were things like um, 144,000, the Church of the Firstborn, um, calling an election, second comforter, baptism of fire, um, and a lot of these experiences as well as the plural marriage uh, portion of church history and um, and understanding and grappling with that. I will first and foremost say that I am absolutely not living the law of plural marriage. In fact, the law of plural marriage, as is evidenced in the life of Joseph Smith after spending nearly three years studying his life, um, was not... What he understood, especially by the end of his life, was not what was lived um, preceding or after that. Um, and the reason that the Lord took the law away, in my estimation, is because the law wasn't being lived correctly. There are two, two women associated with Joseph, um, in my mind, that if you study their lives and understand their relationships, um, you'll start to get a better grasp of the fullness of the law of plural marriage. And those women are Zina Huntington and Eliza R. Snow. So I would encourage you to go 
and um, and read about their lives and understand um, understand what their experiences look like. Um, I'll tell you that it doesn't fit the narrative of what plural marriage was made out to be, especially by the end, because Eliza R. Snow and Zina Huntington were sealed to Joseph and to to Brigham Young. And um, again, the narrative that's been shared and told and the history that's been sanitized and the efforts and attempts to to throw people off um, have been apparent. But um, but those those relationships are not um, are not what they have been told and purported to be in certain circles of academia. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I am not living the law of plural marriage. Uh, I have had amazing, made amazing connections with many, many people, um, both men and women. Um, and while I've had spiritual witnesses as to my relationship with these people, um, reaching back for eons, um, and while some of them are women, I am not doing as the rumors purport, and I'm not pursuing those relationships in a physical dimension. I'm not moving to Missouri. I'm not building a harem. Um, all of those things are things that are being circulated right now, and they're simply not true. The reality is, is that the sacred nature of all of my relationships with, with a lot of people who I consider to be in my soul group, um, a group of people who came here to, to help build Zion, to, to be that effort of bringing Zion up from underneath as the Lord has talked about in scripture. Um, these connections are very strong and they have to be. And at some point in the future, those relationships will continue to develop and the personal witnesses that I have received and that others have received regarding these relationships are sacred and, and I won't discuss them any further, but I am not living and pursuing actively the law of plural marriage in the physical dimension. Again, that law is completely misunderstood um, and it was taken for a reason because it was uh, the source of a lot of pain and the perpetuation of a lot of misunderstanding and honestly, uh, in many cases, abuse of women. And the Lord took that law, not because he was kowtowing to the laws of man when the federal government was seeking to take action against the church and the saints, but because the men and women in the church were not living that law according to the fullness of that law. Um, and that's, that's as much as I'll discuss at this point on that point. Um, I will say that, um, that with regards to the other, the other topics, um, the 144,000, very, very, there's tons written about that and you can go study it yourself. Um, there is a group of people on the earth, I believe right now who are, who are part of that group. Um, and they are, they are stepping forward to do what the prophet has said to help gather Israel. Um, and that is my focus, my primary concern and my primary mission. Um, as it should be all of us, um, the church of the firstborn, um, are just that they're a group of people who are, who are born, um, of the water and of the spirit. And they are here to help gather Israel and bring scattered scattered Israel back to Zion. Baptism of fire, second comforter, and, um, and calling an election are, 
actually part of a three-part process and I would encourage you to go spend time and commune with the Lord in that regard. Um, again, the totality of all of this brings me to a place of charity and love. Um, I, all the while I'm experiencing the severing of, of relationships that, uh, that I thought would be lasting and I have faith that they will be lasting in the future. We all have agency. We all have an opportunity to choose. Right now, the, the drug of choice for the world is fear. And those perpetuating and spreading these rumors um, are doing so out of a sense of fear. They are afraid, honestly, at the base level that they're missing out on something. and Or they're afraid to put in the effort necessary to to receive answers uh, and divine experiences themselves. And it's always been this way. I don't fault them for that. Um, but I would like to take you on a journey to help you understand how I got to where I am. As I began to study the life of Joseph Smith, I also began to study in depth Isaiah. I began to study the end time scenarios and um, Revelation and Revelation, the book of Revelation. Um, and I began to study the words of the Savior in the New Testament. I began to understudy, understand and study type and shadow uh, archetypes. Um, I began to understand and study more depth with regards to the plan of salvation. Joseph Smith said, very formatively that he could reveal a hundred times more in the section of 76 of the doctrine and covenants that would be the entire length more than the entire length of the doctrine and covenants if he revealed a hundred times more on section 76 which is primarily the plan of salvation um, and my understanding regarding the plan of salvation uh, was very basic when I began this in-depth study and going to the Lord and having these experiences. And what I learned was, is that the basic version of the plan of salvation in the church is, is not complete. Um, and that is some of the, some of the information that will come forth in the sealed portions of scripture. Um, but it isn't in my mind to be taught openly um, the deeper understanding of that plan of salvation. Um, and I, since I don't have control over who gets this information as it's disseminated, uh, at least for now, I'm not going to go into depth on what I understand regarding the plan of salvation. Um, I will tell you that if you want to seek and understand um, Heber C. Kimball and others, there are quotes um, out there by them regarding um, the plan of salvation and, um, and the deeper understanding of that as well as Joseph, um, and the early brethren. Um, and then there are examples in scripture, uh, that teach, um, that again, we don't have it all. And, and I'll leave it at that. I, I don't want to give any more, more than that. The spirit stopping my utterance, but the plan of salvation, uh, is, is way more entailed. Um, then we teach and it's okay that the church teaches it the way it does because we have to start somewhere But if you go to the Lord and you study scripture, you will begin to understand the deeper 
doctrine of the plan of salvation. And it is expansive and it is miraculous and amazing. Um, and as you understand the deeper, the deeper levels of that doctrine, you'll also begin to understand more clearly who you are and then your mission will take shape. And I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that that is true. Um, so as we move through some of these things, um, these understandings that I've gained, the reality is, is that I can't give you a witness of any of this. You have to gain a witness of that yourself. Well, what I will tell you is my experiences. And so I've had a few friends who've had the integrity, um, necessary to come directly to me when they've heard these rumors. Um, it's interesting. Um, but, uh, they're actually who I expected would come to me. Um, and as I've sat with them and discussed my understanding of these things with them and used the spirit of discernment to know what I could and couldn't share, um, their eyes have been opened and expanded. Um, and they, um, thankfully have said that they can see and feel that my heart is pure and that I, that I only want to seek to follow the Lord. And that is true. Um, and, um, I can hear the Pharisees out there now. He beareth record of himself, right? No, I'm not. My father and my Lord bear record of me. Um, and again, I would encourage you to go to them to get comfort and peace about who I am and what I'm about. Um, again, the plan of salvation not being completely understood, um, kept me in fear for a long time because I didn't. And then I was in a place of dissonance because I had experienced these things that are outside of the normal and accepted doctrine and current practice of the church. And it held me in derision. It helped, it held me, um, in, in sort of captive. Um, and as I went to the Lord to, to make this decision to resign my membership, that was weighing heavily on my mind because, um, because I had experienced these things and I have taught them, which is also something that takes me into apostasy. Um, I've taught these deeper doctrines to people when the spirit has moved me. Um, and, and I've been able to support the things that I've said in scripture and in, like I said, in the context of the lives of, of the early brethren and sisters of the church, the restoration, the early saints. Um, and saints is only a name unless you actually step into the mantle and allow the Lord to bring you to a place where he declares that to you. I would just throw that out there too, as a suggestion that, that, um, you ask the Lord if you're a saint, um, and, and we need to find out what it takes to qualify to be a saint, um, in his eyes. And so, um, yeah, let me just kind of wrap up this way. Um, you know, I thought I could have got into a little more depth of, of knowledge regarding some of these things, but I can't, I can't right now in my mind, um, teach these things, um, in an open forum. Um, I will have my contact information included with this podcast and, um, you can feel free to reach out to me. I'm sure I'll get lots of Lots of wonderful fan mail from people following the voice of the adversary and spamming me with hatred. Um, that's okay. 
um, I love you and I stand in charity and I understand why you are the why you're in the place you're in. But let me give you a rundown really quickly of um, Jacob's ladder again. Um, Jacob's ladder, um, which has been brought forth, um, you know, come to us through um, through the through really through the Old Testament. Um, we can see sort of the levels of ascension, and um, and people can ascend through through all of these levels, um, except for the last two, in, in one eternal life, um, and those levels. Well, I guess you can't come out of perdition. So, so the base levels perdition. Those are those who've um, who've denied the Holy Ghost and um, cursed God and told Satan that they would sign up to fight with him and for him um, for the rest of eternity. And, and eventually they're destroyed spiritually. They die the second death. The next level above that is Babylon. That's where most of the world lives. And to be honest, um, many people in the church live in the Babylon level. Then Jacob Israel. Um, many people in the church are at the Jacob Israel level. Jacob Israel are those who are learning to make and keep covenants with the Lord. Um, then there is the um, son-servant level, uh, or excuse me, Zion level, um, and those are those who are seeking to be of one heart and one mind, and then son-servant, and then seraphim, and then the Jehovah and Elohim levels. And these are not like, you know, no one's going to hand you a list to tell you what you need to do to earn each level or earn each merit badge. This is This is something you have to just take with the spirit and you can google jacob's ladder um and you can find a version of it that helps you to understand better who you are and where you're at what covenants you're currently able to keep and make with the lord and and what level you're willing to to go to next and capable of but as as i've um, watched the vitriol and hatred um and rumors be spread about me and sacred experiences that I've had, um, that I've shared privately, um, be taken and decimated and distributed, um, with, with lies. Um, I've had to step back and go, okay, go, okay, Lord. Um, and, and even more than that, I've had confidential conversations with people, um, who have taken that information and given it to others as well. Um, and it's okay. And as I've had that experience, I've gone to the Lord and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I want to understand, um, why is it that they would do that? Why would this person who felt the spirit, um, turn and then run away? Um, and then, and then really honestly fight against me, even though I'm not fighting them, um, or I'm not fighting the church. I'm not fighting anyone. Um, I'm fighting Satan. I will say that for sure. Um, but why would these people turn like that? And it's been a a telling experience to go to the Lord and have him open my eyes and see. And mostly, um, people do those things because they are, um, operating at, at a given level on Jacob's ladder. And, and even people who are seeking to be good people who are quote unquote, keeping the covenants they've made, at least from a thou shalt not perspective, um, they operate in a certain amount of fear and or they operate in a certain amount of pride um, and fear and pride kind of go hand in hand and when anyone does anything that goes outside of their view 
their myopic view of how things need to be done in their pursuit of Christ, then they jump all over somebody else for the experiences they're having and shucks that can't be of God, you're deceived. Um, and they start using that kind of language. And I think that's pretty telling to where they're at. Um, they're either in the Babylon level, to be honest, not even the Babylon level, because Babylon doesn't care for the most part. They don't really pay attention to to what God's people are doing. Um, so I would just say that, that most of the people that I'm getting the worst um, pushback from are, are at the Jake, Jacob Israel level. Uh, if they're not careful, they will fully ascend back into the Babylon level because you give in to hatred and fear um, and vitriol and guile and libel. Um, it will take you into that space of Babylon and possibly into perdition, especially if you've had very significant spiritual witnesses and you're, you're going contrary to those. But it's okay. I, I guess I share all of that just to help people understand. I don't have a desire to fight against these people. I've had my close friends who know and see my heart tell me, why don't you file a lawsuit? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, because that's not, that's a distraction. Um, that's, that's stepping back into the, you know, into that, uh, Babylon level to fight against somebody at a Babylon level. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like it makes it, it's not the way that the Lord taught us. You know, even as the Pharisees and Sadducees attacked him, he just turned back, turned his, turned the other cheek. Um, he loved them. He did, he did confound them multiple times um, and, and throw their own libel back at them. Um, but he, he didn't, um, and then he just went back to what he was doing. Um, so in individual cases, when people come at me um, or come to me and are adversarial, um, I, may, I may battle them, but I don't have any desire to battle them, um, to battle them, you know, out loud, you know, in a courtroom or anywhere else. I will, however, fight against false ideology. And, um, and one thing I will tell you, brothers and sisters, is that I was taught my entire life that the church would never fall into apostasy. The church would never blah, blah, blah. And while it is true that I believe that President Nelson is the prophet and that he has stepped into his mantle, and he stepped into his mantle in a way that we haven't seen a prophet do, in my estimation, for a long time, and he has the authority in the mantle, not all of the leaders of the church at a local level and even in the higher levels of the church, not all of them are acting in accordance with God's will. Um, Isaiah talked about dogs who wouldn't bark, who were lazy and drunken and sleeping. Um, and we have that. I also see local leaders who've, as Christ said, sought the high seats in the synagogues and they aren't acting under God's authority. Um, but they are acting in a way that is perfectly formative to the people who are being mistreated by them, um, who are being misunderstood by them. Um, I've seen unrighteous dominion happen over and over again. Um, and it's okay. Like, I don't have a desire to fight that, fight those people. I will fight the ideology and I will call it out, um, draw that darkness into the light. But the reality is, is that the Lord knew this was going to happen. Um, so again, that's, that's one thing that I've realized is that 
the leaders of the church um, and at the local and even higher levels um, are not all perfect and it's okay um, some of them are are in many ways because of misunderstanding and operating in fear are, are batting for the adversary um, and they're doing their job perfectly they're giving people an opportunity to ascend to make a choice that to be committed to Christ even when their leaders excommunicate them take away their take away their temple privileges disallow them to speak um, I know personally of people who've um, who are knowledgeable more knowledgeable than I dare say almost anyone uh, regarding church history um, regarding um, regarding true doctrine undefiled um, who are absolutely being gagged right now um, and told that they're not allowed to speak um, and are having their church membership hung over their head this is the epitome of unrighteous dominion um, and the reality is is that no amount of people trying to stop these things from happening um, is going to stop them from happening president nelson is inspired when he's told us all to hear the voice of the lord and president nelson knows that as people hear the voice of the lord they're going to do they're going to have experiences that are contrary to current accepted doctrine and practice of the church and they're going to have to make a choice and they're going to choose christ and as they do i absolutely have a testimony brothers and sisters that we will see fulfillment of the lord's words when he said upon his house it shall begin i'm not picking a fight i'm pursuing righteousness and truth and if that runs contrary to the current climate culture and tradition of the church well I won't apologize because I'm pursuing Christ and I'm pursuing truth and I'm hearing the voice of the Lord as the prophet has said. Um, just just experientially, I, I want to point this out. I had a discussion with a friend um, and as we discussed all of this and I helped him to understand my view of the deeper portions of the plan of salvation, um, he took a piece of paper and he drew, drew two lines on the piece of paper and he said the two lines inside the lines uh, this is where we operate in the church these are the known doctrines and accepted doctrines well he didn't say known he said accepted doctrine and practice of the church um, and I agreed with him uh, and so he said we operate in here he says you've operated in this space your entire life he says, and it sounds like periodically you've gotten things that have kind of like bounced you outside of that. And, and then you've come back because you shelved it, you said. And I had. I had shelved a lot of things that I'd received because I didn't fully understand them. Some of them I wasn't willing to accept or ready to accept. He said, but clearly you know, and he made an X outside of those lines, that you're in this space where you're outside of that. And... Um, and, and he said, it's curious to me because um, he did say, you know, I'm impressed that you're not here to fight against the church, right? You're not here to tell me how the church is wrong in every way because the church isn't wrong in every way. The Lord is still guiding the church. Um, 
I will say that the general population of the church and general populace of the church is absolutely an apostasy. I will say that unequivocally. Um, and and those same people can look back at me and say, you're an apostasy. You're not even a member of our church. Well, as thou sayest, that's all I can say, as thou sayest. Um, but as he drew the X outside of the, the lines, he says, you're clearly out here. You know you're out here. And you're okay with it. And and he said, I just want to understand, like, how do you get to that space where you're okay with that? That you're that you're not doing what the brethren, you know, and and the church says that we should be doing. And I borrowed the piece of paper from him and I said, Well, maybe it'd be a little more appropriate if we if we take these two parallel lines and we draw two perpendicular lines to them and we call this a box. Can you agree that that's true? And he said, yes. I said, and while we're at it, let's make X's outside of here that represent things that fall out of the current, you know, accepted practice and doctrine of the church. Um, things that have gotten me in trouble or raised an eyebrow are, um, are giving very powerful priesthood blessings. So we'll put that X outside of there. Um, giving, um, Let's see here, you know, t- helping people to understand the 144,000. We'll put that out here. Um, understanding the true nature of eternal lives, as is discussed in the ceiling portion uh, in the temple and other places. Um, we'll put that X outside of here. We'll put the 144,000 out here. We'll put the Church of the Firstborn out here outside the box. We'll put um, calling an election, second comforter, baptism of fire. And we'll just start making, you know, end time scenarios. We'll, we'll you know, uh, you know, we'll put all of these X's outside of the currently accepted practice and dogma and doctrine and tradition and culture. Most of it's tradition and culture. Um, we'll put X's outside of there. Um, and, 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 you know, so I got it. So safety is in here. It's, it's in the read your scripture, say your prayers, um, you know, go to the temple, um, and do all these things that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof, but they're safe in the, in the vernacular of the church as it's presently constituted and as the culture and practice and doctrine allow currently accepted doctrine allow, um, there's safety in that. Um, and, and I said, and I absolutely agree that, that that was a place I needed to be. Um, and then he said, and then I said, but, but what happens when, when we start realizing that, that all of these X's we made outside of the box, that whole list of things that I just went down, what happens when we realize that the entire who's who of the beginning of the church, um, fall into a category where they're outside the prophet Joseph Smith himself is an apostate in the church that he founded because he practiced all of these things, casting out devils. He talked and preached about the church of the firstborn, the 144,000, about getting your second comforter, your calling and election, um, your having baptisms of fire, um, he plural marriage and the fullness of the understanding of what that means. Um, he taught about all these things. Um, and yet if you subscribe to those things in the current church, you're, it's, it's a post, you're an apostate. 
And I, I said, I find it interesting that out of one side of our mouth as faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we can say, Joseph Smith did more for the salvation and exaltation of mankind save Jesus Christ. And yet, out of the other side of our mouths, we say, but these things that he did, they were probably misguided. He, you know, he was experimenting. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, I testify to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that while Joseph Smith said that he did wrong, he did not the wrongs he was accused of. And while he didn't understand always everything that he understood by the end of his life, he was guided and directed by the Lord in every pursuit of his spirituality and in every restorative truth. And just because it's fallen out of vogue and just because the academic arm of the church has done phenomenal, a phenomenal job in many respects of sanitizing history um, and trying to make a pretty, something pretty that isn't, um, doesn't mean that Joseph Smith was wrong. It doesn't mean that he was misguided. It means that we've fallen into apostasy, that we're not living the laws that God revealed through his prophet, and that we're going to be condemned for it. In fact, the church is under condemnation. It's clear in Doctrine and Covenants. It talks about how the church is under condemnation. And why is it under condemnation? Because we're not accepting what we've been given. I just testify to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that again, President Nelson is doing exactly what President Nelson should be doing. The Lord is with him and guiding him. And that the Church of the Firstborn is not going to be exclusively members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It will be people from all walks of life. There are, it may surprise you, but I've listened to rap music recently by, um, by some reformed men who, um, who used to run and gun and be thugs, and now they're rapping um, and trying to bring people to Christ. And they're putting hashtag remnant on their stuff. And the church of the firstborn is going to look very different than a group of people in white shirts and ties and Sunday dresses. Um, there will be people with God's authority and power from all walks of life who brought that power with them through a foreordination. And I've read these scriptures before, but I'll read them again. And I would admonish you to go to the Lord and have him help you understand. And if you feel so impressed, you can reach out to me and I'll help you understand these verses. Alma 13 verses 1 through 3. And again, brethren, I would cite your minds forward to the time when the Lord God gave these commandments unto his children. And I would that you should remember that the Lord God ordained priests and priestesses after his holy order, which is after the order of the Son of God, to teach these things unto the people. And those priests and priestesses were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to the son for redemption. So we've got a whole group of people who were foreordained to come down to be an, an example of the believers of Christ. That people might see their lives and realize, oh, wow, that person is godly. They are the kind of person that I want to be like. They have the level of charity that I feel like is commensurate with someone who's a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
they have a form of godliness and they are acting in the power thereof. And then verse three, and this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God on account of their exceeding faith and good works. In the first place being left to choose good or evil, therefore they having chosen good and exercising exceedingly great faith are called with a holy calling, yea, with that holy calling which was prepared with and according to a preparatory redemption for such. So we're talking about a group of foreordained people who've come down with a foreordination and a preparatory redemption and are receiving their calling. The Lord has clearly told me that I cannot accomplish my end times mission within the confines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as it's currently and presently constituted. And I testify to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, having sat feet away from an apostle of the Lord when he said, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doesn't exist in heaven. There are no prophets and apostles in the eternal worlds. There is only mother and father and Christ, and they are those who teach us what we need to know personally, on a personal level, to inherit salvation and exaltation. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will dissolve eventually, because Christ will rule and reign during the millennium, but that takes understanding and knowing true doctrine. So the notion to follow the prophet is perfectly in line, especially now. And I love when people say that to me, well, why can't you just be, why can't you just be content to follow the prophet? And I look at them and I say, I am. Have you heard what your prophet is saying? He's telling you to hear the voice of the Lord. He's telling you to seek his face. And if you're doing that, be prepared. Because you're going to be asked by the Lord to step out and to be different, to dare to stand alone and to be separate and come out from among the unbelievers. Brothers and sisters, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that at some point, some generation, and I, I know it is now, are going to have to answer the mail on the parable of the ten virgins. The Lord laid out his doctrine for the end time scenario when he gave that parable. That is the con in the context of the church. The numbers are alarming. The church though is by design a matrix, a box, a womb, and it is a place that is formative and purposeful to nurture and bless and, and give nutrients to, to the unborn children. And that matrix or that womb are inside of the woman and the woman is the church. And at some point, those children have to be born. They have to come out. And those are the 10 virgins that those children in the womb are going to have to come out. But the alarming thing is, is that the mortality rate of that group of children is 50%. Half of them will not have the light necessary to come out and be born into the church of the firstborn. You can look at my scenario a hundred different ways, but what I've seen 
is that I'm a preemie, I guess, a premature baby. Um, I still feel like a baby, um, but I felt those labor pains and that pushing and squeezing and um, I don't know. I just asked for a C-section, I guess. Um, and and at the same time I am experiencing, I'm going to still continue to experience the constraints and the the pressures of that birthing process because that's what's happening right now. I'm being crushed, literally. My heart is being broken into a thousand pieces um, because I have people who have said they were my friends um, who've turned against me. I have family members who are and will continue to turn away from me. Um, I've literally put everything on the altar of the Lord in order to pursue him. And that's what's expected. That is the expectation. That is the process of having oil in our lamp because we stand in our truth and, and in our holy place and we are not moved. And I testify to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that that is true, that the day will come when some generation will have to answer the mail on the parable of the 10 virgins. And I pray that all of us will be on the right side, the correct side of that equation. And brothers and sisters, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that I will never speak guile or ill against any person because I understand the plan of salvation. I understand the process of, of ascension. I understand that, that we all have varying levels of light and we're only able to operate in the power of the light that we have and we can gain more light and understanding. Um, but there are people who, who choose darkness, right? That the light appeareth in the darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it, comprehendeth it not. And brothers and sisters, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is doing exactly what it was designed to do. It's preparing a group of people who will go through a furnace of fire. We all will. In order to prepare them to ascend into the Church of the Firstborn and receive this, our Savior Jesus Christ at His second coming. And I know this is true. And I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that... I am with him and he is with me and I know that as you seek him he will be with you and you will be with him and that we all will be one with him and the father and mother in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.